0: This is episode 84 of the Play DNA podcast. I'm Cassandra. I'm Damon. I'm Sarah. And before we start this week's episode, let's talk about the games we played this week.
1: You know, I'm sorry I didn't play anything.
0: <gasps> it's horrible, I know. That's so unusual for you. It's very
1: unusual, but also my dad's birthday and then we were doing other stuff and I just didn't have time to play any games. <laughs> it was unfortunate. <laughs>
0: So. Well, that's okay. We played two games. We played Piece of Cake. Oh, yay. Damon got it for his birthday.
1: That's yep. great. Where'd they find it?
2: Uh, I'm guessing eBay. I don't know. I've, I mean, I've never played the other versions, so I don't know how this compares to the newer um, New York Slice, New York Pizza. Mm-hmm. New York Slice. But I, I love this game. This game's great. It's got cake. Well, it's got pie. <laughs> it's
0: got cake pie. Mostly pie. It has at
2: least one slice of cake in it.
0: I think we had both forgotten what the what the pies looked like, or at least I certainly had. Nope. Well, I had forgotten what how weird the ingredients were on top of the pies, like the lot, like the like the kiwis. Kiwis, kiwis makes are least sense. Weird. I can understand the kiwis, but they're also like there were things that look like olives. It's they're like grapes. what are these? And then there were grapes, which I think is just as weird. Like who puts grapes on top of their cake? That cakes? is weird. And then there is another one that looks like pizza, and I guess we determined it was apricots. And then I can't remember the other ones. They're, they're just some weird-looking pie slash cakes. But um, we did play it with a few people, including a certified mom, and everybody certified. En- everybody mom. enjoyed it. <laughs>
2: What is a certified mom?
0: <laughs> a mom, like a mom in the way that she relates to other people, but also a mom as in the kind of mom we refer to when we're talking about mom games. <laughs> anyway, it went over well. Um, again, we've talked about Piece of Cake many times, but it is a very simple I cut you choose game with pie cakes. And uh, we also played Damon's Dungeon Crawl Lair. And uh, I think he really cracked the code finally and really ironed out all of the kinks in it. Um, We played it with a friend and it was great. Um, And it's really amazing how much small design changes can make a difference. And like when we used to play it, it was maybe two and a half hours long, three hours long, which a lot of people like, but it felt a little bit long to me. Um, but the changes that Damon has made make it so that it lasts like an hour and a half. And it's great. Good. Yeah. That's all we played. All right. Uh, so this week we are talking about beautiful art in games. And I'm not just talking about like box covers. I'm talking about the art inside of games.
2: I refuse to talk about anything but box covers.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> try and think About games where the art is not just on the box cover. Good art is, like, most games have art, if not all games. Um, But not all art is good. Um, A lot of it is functional. Uh, And really what that boils down to is that good art is really expensive. Um, We know this personally because Damon's Game Wormwood requires a ton of art. um, Many, many, many pieces of art. And it is pricey to get that commissioned by an artist who's really good. And we've talked to a lot of publishers about this game. And many of them will comment on the art specifically, say, oh, I love this art. This is so cool. But also a lot of them will say, well, we're going to have to change out all the art. Um, and we're going to try and commission these for, they might say something like $30, $40, $50 a card, Right. That makes sense. That's like a reasonable price for a game that has tons of cards in it. But how good of a painting can you get for $30, $40, $50, right? Not really that good. So when you it see... It can be
2: great. It's just not mind-bogglingly amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it. there's tons of really functional art and there are tons of really talented people who can make very nice-looking art very quickly. But if you see really... Like, really good art. It takes a certain... You know that that kind of art takes a certain level of passion and commitment from both the designer and the publishers because they set aside this amount of money to create really good, skilled, fully realized, and finished artwork. Um, Like, fully rendered, detailed, really beautiful stuff. You don't see that too often. Damon talked several episodes ago, I think, about games that are like aiming at creating a game that's like a seven like not aiming towards creating 10 star games but aiming to create seven star games like oh they're okay they're fine they're fine um because those games sell really well right you don't have to spend all of that time and effort to create a 10 star game if a a seven star game is also gonna sell and I think people kind of do the same thing with artwork. Um, they're just like, well, this art works. It's functional. No one really cares that much. So let's just leave it at that. Um, so with that in mind, when I say really beautiful art and games, are there any games that stand out in your guys' mind? Like the first ones that you think of? Parks. Yeah.
2: Parks is all about its art.
0: Parks is really, really good art. Um, really, everything Keymaster Games makes has really good art. Um, most of what they make is parks and like a variety of spin-offs of parks, but all of their art is absolutely stunning. Um, what's really surprising about parks is that they do actually use multiple artists. It's not a single artist, but when you look at the game, all of it is extremely cohesive. Um, some of the art is more like realistic, Some of it is more abstract, but I think what it comes down to is that Keymaster is very, very good at making sure all of the artists are color-coordinated. They have a very specific color palette that they work inside of that I'm assuming they're asking their artists to work inside of, and everything is just so cohesive and beautiful at the end. Um,
1: It's not even just the cards in the game. The cards in the game are stunning, but there's these little pictures you take when you play the game. And like each one of them is different. Mm-hmm. And even the little tiny pictures that are like, I don't know, the size of a thumbnail. Like your literal thumbnail. Like they're beautiful. They look like mountains and fish and I don't they're just so beautiful for being so tiny and to appreciate them is amazing.
0: Yeah. Parks is all around one of the most beautiful games, I think, I've seen. It's, you're exactly right, the cards are beautiful, but also every other component is also beautiful. All of the colors that they chose are really excellent. All of the little wooden pieces are really beautiful, very nicely created. All of the components, they just put a lot of time and attention and care into making them very, very pretty. Um, I remember when Parks first came out, I was a little bit annoyed that it cost $60 because it's a pretty small box. But after playing it, it's like, oh, I see. I see what I'm paying for. (laughs) This is just like really gorgeous all around. Um, So the first game that I think of when I'm thinking about really good art is actually Magic the Gathering, which you know not board game but tabletop game. Magic the Gathering is a card game, thousands and thousands and thousands of cards which means thousands of pieces of art. Um, And they've been delivering extraordinary artwork for many years. It didn't start out beautiful, but...
2: um, Definitely started out beautiful.
0: (laughs) There are definitely some cards that we have that are older decks that I would not call beautiful.
2: I think that a lot of those cards are historically some of the most beautiful pieces of art ever rendered in board games. And as a result, fetch hundreds of thousands of dollars at uh, galleries.
0: Magic works with a huge, huge roster of artists, um, and they do have people that they return to over and over again because they are great to work with and um, they make gorgeous art. Every single piece of art is is its own thing. Like It's created as though you were going to look at it on a canvas, not necessarily on a card. Um, they're really detailed, beautiful, stunning. Um, a lot of different styles, but... The um, art directors of Magic are very good at making sure everything is cohesive too. Again, I think that they probably give them a color palette to work inside of um, and they give them some kind of direction. It's not like Pokemon where if you look at Pokemon cards, everything is made by a different artist and there's no cohesion whatsoever. It's just like all over the place, crazy, crazy cards in different styles. Um, Magic is, of course, it's, it's the most popular tabletop game in the world. So of course they need good art and good art is also the reason that they have become so popular, at least a huge, one of the huge reasons. Um, Last time I checked the amount that they pay their artists, it was $800 per card. Mm. So that's a, that's an enormous amount compared to what I was saying earlier with publishers that we had talked to saying, you know, $50 a card. This is, this is a lot more money. Definitely one of the more sought-after gigs for a fantasy artist to do magic cards because it's just, you know, you, you get to do something really creative and cool and beautiful. And it um, seems like they pay pretty well. And as far as we've heard, they treat they treat their artists pretty well too, which is great. People who play magic a lot have favorite artists that they know by name, which is really cool because that doesn't happen very often in board games. Um Let's see, uh, Raccoon Tycoon I wanted to mention, which is a railway game, Uh, well, kind of a railway game, but it's um, more of a card set collection game that has these absolutely stunning portraits of a variety of animals, um, raccoons included, as you would expect, but they also have portraits of Uh, A cat wearing an old-fashioned hat and luxurious furs and pearls. There's a bear and a top hat and glasses. There are skunks. Um, And they're really, really beautifully rendered, very detailed paintings. Um, They are by Jacoby O'Connor and Annie Stegg. And uh, they really, it's a great game, but also because the cards are so gorgeous, it makes the game like way more special and enjoyable. Um, I wish that they had more pictures. The paintings are uh, repeated on cards multiple times. If every single card was a different animal, then it would be like really amazing. Um, but obviously I understand it. It takes a lot of work and time and money to, to make good art. But that's a really good one. Um, this one we all love, I think, which is Dixit. Oh, Yeah. Mysterium's got similar
1: cards in it as well.
0: Yes, it does. So Dixit, um, the art is by Marie Kado, And it's really cool, um, surreal and colorful artwork. And it's designed to be extremely open to interpretation. So um, the game is, you can think about the game working kind of in the same way as Codenames does. So you're trying to give hints to people so that they can figure out what... Um, what pictures you're referring to. And because of that, you want all of that artwork to be extremely open to interpretation. So um, some example cards, there's one that's an old-fashioned abacus, but the beads have been replaced with planets. So you could use it to refer to, you know, counting. You could refer to it for planets or space. You could refer to it for a toy. Um, Another one is an island floating inside of a raindrop. There were just really cool, unique pieces of artwork, um, which are very, very fun. And Mysterium is is similar. Um, and Mysterium was painted by Igor Berlkov. It's different. Um, Mysterium is, is supposed to be more of like a spooky game. So the color palette is definitely very different, but kind of a similar idea. Um, cards that are really high detail have a lot of different ideas and references in each one so that you can use the cards um, in a variety of ways, and they can be interpreted in a variety of ways.
1: My first, my other idea, there's several I have to mention, but the one that I really like is Azul. The original Azul is beautiful, but all of them are beautiful. But it's kind of like each individual tile is its own piece of artwork. And then when you put them together to create like a mosaic, it, it's so pretty to look at at the end. And there's different ways to play the games. So you can play by the template they give you, which is beautiful, but then you can come up with your own template and create beautiful things, you know, as long as you follow the rules. And I like that about that game. I don't know. It just reminds me of like (laughs) those old Spanish bathrooms or if you go to like a really elaborate fancy restaurant and they have these Spanish tiles on the walls and the floor. Mm -hmm. And you walk around, you're like, wow, this is a great bathroom. I love it. But you're just doing it in the game and it just, it looks pretty to me. I don't know. I really like the game.
0: Azul is really beautiful. There are a lot of games that have um, really beautiful patterns also that I would I don't know if I would necessarily call it artwork in the same way. They're not like paintings of things but they're really beautiful patterns i'd say calico is another one that i thought was really pretty oh yeah really pretty patterns Mm -hmm. yeah and the other one that comes
1: to mind is kind of a silly game it's called cash and guns and in the game you're you're trying to loot different things like diamonds or money and there's also paintings so if you get a certain amount of paintings they're worth more money the more you get But each painting you can get, it's kind of silly looking, but they've kind of got interesting things. Some of them like maybe tried to rip off famous paintings, Mm. like in a poor way, but they're so fun. Some of them are like, oh, this is I could see this hanging on someone's wall. (laughs) Like I stole it, but, you know, I could see this. And they're just tiny little paintings that make the game, I think, more enjoyable and fun. You definitely
2: played a very different version of Cash of Guns than I played.
1: Oh, really? You didn't steal paintings in it?
2: Uh, If we did, I remember that being one of the ugliest games I've ever seen.
1: You didn't have the paintings.
2: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, the foam guns were definitely the highest quality part of the game.
1: (laughs) Well, those are great to touch anyway, the guns. I mean, what other game can you point guns at people (laughs)
0: like that? Very very unique game. Yeah, that's definitely the selling point of the game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Wasteland Express is one that uh, has really cool art and really unique art, too. The art was done by this comic book artist. His name is Ricardo Borchielli, and um, he he's a famous comic book artist. So he's, he's done a lot of different comic books. He's worked with DC and um, a lot of other places. But it's a really unique style. It's um, very highly saturated and really high detail. Um, Wasteland Express is... Kind of a it, it's a pickup and deliver game, but it's in kind of a Mad Max world, so everybody is like highway pirates, and um, the the art is really cool. It like really fully realizes this world that is post apocalyptic, and um, the costumes are really cool. And there's just a lot of detail um, and a lot of thought put into the world building, just in the few images that are inside of Wasteland, um, Scythe. Scythe is uh, really famous for its artwork because it kickstarted so, so, so much money. And a lot of people attribute that to the pieces of art that were part of the Kickstarter. Um, So Scythe's artwork was done by Jakob Rosalski. And it's really, really cool painterly art, um, beautifully contrasts these rural landscapes with futuristic mechs. So there could be a painting of, you know, somebody tending to a flock of sheep. And in the background, there's this gigantic mech that's just walking through a forest. Um, and this isn't the first time that that kind of style has been done. Um, but it's the first time that it appeared in a board game like this. And uh, it, it's really beautiful. A lot of people love um the artwork in scythe and talk about it this one is not art but sculpts so a lot of people really like miniatures um minis are really really in right now but i feel like a lot of minis are pretty low effort or like not really that interesting to look at Um, the absolute uh king of minis is kingdom death monster (laughs) If you have not seen Kingdom Death Monster, you should definitely look up the minis. Um, These are sculptures. Like, minis isn't even the correct word for them because a lot of these sculptures are huge. Um, But they have these incredible, incredible sculpts for both your characters and for all of the beasts that you are fighting. All of these death monsters that you're fighting inside of the game. Um, You cannot find more detailed or more unique sculpts anywhere. Going to the Kingdom Death Monster stall when we go to Gen Con is definitely one of the things that we really like to do because they always have all of the sculpts available to look at. And uh, you get what you pay for here. So Kingdom Death Monster is not accessible to everyone. The base game costs $400. Um, And that comes with You know, a good number of sculpts, but this is also still just the base game. If you want the whole thing, there are many expansions. I don't even want to think about how much it costs (laughs) to own the entire game. Um, It's it's absolutely insane. Um, but the sculpts are really stunning to look at. And if you don't want to spend all that money <laughs> to play it, um, but you do want to to test it out, then it is available on Tabletop Simulator, I would suggest taking a look at it and um, just having a little bit of that experience. And if you really like it, then maybe, you know, this would be a good thing to ask for for Christmas. <laughs> it's
1: there's also other... this
0: is new. You can get you can get cheaper versions that are used, um, but it the the sculptures are really extraordinary.
1: There's other games with with sculptures, but I don't think there's elaborate like um, Mansions of Madness has a Cthulhu that's fairly large, very giant Cthulhu that they give you with the box and other creatures that in that mythos that look realistic, but you'd have to paint them all, and that's a whole other hobby. Oh yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of other ones, but I particularly like the the miniatures in uh, XCOM the board game. They have a lot of cool-looking spaceships and a lot of cool military-looking flight. I don't know, just planes and stuff. I would never want to paint them all because there's like <laughs> 50 of those UFOs and like there's probably at least 50 of the spaceships. So it would just take a really really long time to paint them all, but
0: yeah, I was pleased to find that the um, the Winward Minis were colored. I don't know if painted is like that. Painted is kind of too strong a word. They're not like painted per se, but they do have colors on them. Um, oh, they look,
1: that's that's interesting. No, I've never. They seen
0: They look that in nice. A game. Yeah, they look nice. Um, just as is, you don't really need to do anything to them, which is great.
2: I wish more games were like that.
0: Yeah.
1: I dabbled in painting my miniatures in um, Fury of Dracula, and I got through all of them but one, and like, I'm never going back to it. I don't, <laughs> that's not a hobby I particularly <laughs> enjoyed, so everyone besides um, Dr. Seward is painted, and he's just not going to get painted. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> too.
0: It's very, very time-consuming, definitely. Yeah.
2: I mean, painting those Warhammer figures at Gen Con every year is really nice.
0: Yeah, it's fun to do every once in a while. But I'm always also surprised at how long it takes us. I think it, we've probably painted for an hour, right? Just one mini. Mm, not
2: quite, but like it take. I mean, yeah. I'd say to paint a whole group of guys would take about five or six hours.
0: Yeah.
1: Another game I really enjoy the artwork of is that new game Megabot, um, the Golden Ticket game. It's like a rehashing of the first part of Willy Wonka, but... They must have had the rights to recopy every single thing in that movie because the font is the same. The chocolate bars look exactly the same. But I like it for that reason. It feels very nostalgic and it's fun to touch the... It's really fun to hold the candy bars in your hand while you're like <laughs> buying them from the candy store. And Wonka is just so detailed in the game and all the characters, they were just painted so well. And like the actual character sheets you get. So it makes it more... I don't know, immersive than it would have been if they hadn't gotten the rights to the actual font and everything at the game, mm-hmm. or the original movie, but...
0: Another one I would say is Abyss. I don't think I've played Abyss. Abyss has excellent art. That's an example of a really, what I feel like is a really straightforward, simple and not very special game, but that becomes cool and special because of its artwork. Um... I'm not super in love with the mechanics of Abyss, but it's really really well done. Um the art is really well rendered, um really detailed, really good color choices. I was re-
1: recently watching a documentary about how they make chess boards like in other countries and they try to make it, you know, more accessible to everyone, but it's it's interesting how the knight in a chess set takes like five times as long to carve than the other pieces in the chess set, and how oh, it's a huge yeah. time suck for them. And yeah. so most of the production is being held up by the ch- by the knights alone, and that's it because they can make queens and kings and you know rooks pretty easily, but the knights right. are really hard to make because they are so detailed with their mane and you know the details of their face and stuff like that. So well, they're
2: also not symmetrical.
1: These ones are very specific to like the regulated chess sets. They have to all be a specific height so people don't get confused while they're playing. And there's a whole documentary I watched about it, but it's it's really fascinating because you can think of a chess set as art. Well, I think of it as art because like I bought my father a really elaborate Russian style chess set. When I was up in Leavenworth, Washington, they have all these stores that import things from around the world and they have some really elaborate Russian chess sets. And I think they're so beautiful, the Russian chess sets, but if of course they cost a lot more money because they're so detailed and, but they're beautiful to me. They look like someone really took the time to carve them out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah any any handmade uh, abstract game is, is definitely art.
2: Skull is really beautiful.
0: Skull is beautiful. You're mm-hmm. right. I didn't even think about it because it's so simple, but it's beautiful. The whole reason I
1: bought The Captain is Dead as well is because I saw it on the shelf. And I'm like, wow, this has got really interesting colors, and I love the artwork on it, and just seeing it there, and then you buy it, and it's got really cool characters, and you can just tell they took a lot of time to put, like to paint it in a very specific way, and all the colors match up just like parks, and everything themed really well. So that's a great one for the artwork. Oh, and Tang's garden was really beautiful when we played it. Oh,
0: it with the was. trees it was and... so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Gorgeous game, yeah. Game where you're you're building your own garden, but you're building. The garden with, like, three-dimensional pieces. So you're adding in three-dimensional gazebos and trees, and um, you're putting down flowers and bridges. And at the end of the game, you can put your head down against the board and look into this little, like, miniature garden that you've created. Really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: It all seemed very tranquil after, at the end. Like, wow, I created this. Really peaceful garden. <laughs> it's like a little oasis, and then you just put it back in the box when you're done. Yeah. Um, Arboretum, it's not the same at the same level, but it does have really pretty, like, trees, design trees on the cards.
0: It does. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's not, there aren't too many of them, but the, the trees that they have are really nice and pretty. Oh, last one I wanted to mention Grimmslingers. Yeah. Grim is, is gorgeous, and it's one that probably not very many people have heard of. Um, it's not not among the most popular games, but so stunning. Um, it's a sci-fi fantasy western card game That's interesting um yeah really really gorgeous art um really highly detailed beautifully rendered um steve gibson did the artwork and he's actually the one who did the graphic design for damon's game wormwood um because damon saw grim and was like oh my god i gotta work with this guy um really really stunning artwork
1: oh there was a game recently it was at gen con shamans i bought it recently and it's like Mm -hmm. that social deduction trick-taking game but that one's just really beautiful to look at i mean it doesn't have a lot of art but the art that it does have is it's beautiful the cover of the box there's the board game itself like the actual board that they put out for the game is really beautiful and the cards themselves have really nice colors that go well with the theme so i like that one too
0: Well, listeners, if you have any games that you really love the artwork, let us know. You can find us at playdnapodcast.com. Message us. Let us know what games to take a look at. And as always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time.